It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, George? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day, everyone. Welcome to our FIFA World Cup 2022 live stream on the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast. Today, we are previewing the semifinals, which are... Argentina versus Croatia and France versus Morocco. As always, send through your questions, comments, bets you like, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, considering we only have two games to go through, we can uh, yeah get to a few more questions and analyse any bets you guys have got. And uh, yeah, the boys will give you their opinions. Top right of your screen, joining us once again, pro sports better Neil Shah. How are you, mate? Yeah, really good, mate. Yeah, how's things? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. Getting some uh, days rest in between these games now, which is which nice. is lovely, mate. Uh, and uh, bottom of your screen, Paul from Feigning the Line. How are you, mate? Going well, going well. How about you guys? You don't sound like you're going well, mate. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm good. I, I had a I had a I had a wedding to attend to last night, so I'm a little shaky still today, but I'm getting there. Oh, mate, come on. Come on, pick up your game. We've only got a couple games left, mate. You can do it. Um, <laughs> I'll start with you then, Neil, mate. Considering you're bringing the good vibes, what did you what did you think of the quarterfinals, mate? Obviously, it's not coming home, but a uh, couple of good games in there. A couple of very boring games, but uh, yeah. Any thoughts on the quarterfinals in general? Yeah, I mean, it, um, it might be coming home to Marrakesh. Who knows with this World <laughs> Cup? Um, but uh, yeah. I, of course, I was disappointed uh, yesterday, but you know, listening to some of the nonsense uh, on, on all the radio stations and everyone going for Southgate, I think um, I don't think we played particularly badly. Um, I, I just think you know we were a bit unfortunate. Um, could have gone you know another way again, just like betting, just like variance. You know, you play that game out a hundred times, England probably would have won it. You know, like a fair amount of those. Um, and again, you know, Kane taking that second penalty, um, you know, that's flying up into stands. I don't think anyone kind of would have foreseen that. It's just, what can you do? So, um, yeah, I don't know. I was kind of very trophies, Yeah, um, it, it was kind of a strange bit of sweet thing because obviously, you know, I had my bets on it and it did quite well yesterday on that particular game. Um, but at the same time, with a few of those bets, you know, I minded too much if they'd lost if you know England has got a chance to get to the uh, semi-final but yeah it kind of um, makes it you know very interesting now to see I think uh, um, you know there's no real one sort of strong contender even between Argentina and France I think uh, assuming they both get through which is a big if um, you know I, I think that could be an interesting final if not to watch then definitely to kind of figure out where the betting's going to lie. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been enjoying it so far, but we, again, we're coming to that stage now where there are going to be sort of a lot of tense, kind of nervy encounters. Maybe England-France was the exception because you've got two teams with you know, a lot of attacking talent and, you know, question marks over the defences. Um, and the game state kind of led to it, kind of opening up a little bit. Um, with these two, with these, these two games coming up, uh, not so sure. We'll have a you know like a three-three thriller in either of them, but you never know. Yeah. Um, and any thoughts for you, Paul? Now that you've woken up a bit, mate. 
No, I, 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 liked, I liked Neil's assessment. I mean, that France and England game was pretty wide open. It's funny because when we recorded the pod, I said I, w- I didn't want to advise anyone to take over two because I had taken it at whatever I took it at, like 1.68 or whatever it was, 1.7 maybe. And it had come way in to like one over two or close to that. And then by the time the game kicked off, over two was back at like 1.7. And uh, both coaches had lined up with four three threes. I dipped right back in, um, so that that was nice on the over two. And I couldn't believe France drifted towards the kickoff too to like close to one point nine, one point like one point eight was eight six was up around pretty within the hour and all towards the game. So um, I was pretty surprised about that too. Um, and uh, yeah, but it, it was a good game. It was a fun game to fun game to watch. I actually didn't get to watch too much of it live, so I rewatched it today but yeah it was a good game yeah yeah there's some good games in there some uh yeah some dull moments and especially that netherlands argentina game until it lit up in the last couple of uh couple of minutes this is the most bizarre thing i've ever seen we uh we ended up cashing just about all of our bets on that game i think all of our best bets from the last podcast were on the argentina um netherlands game we had over two I had plus a quarter of a goal on the Netherlands. <laughs> I, uh, oh, it's just hilarious. Also, we all, you know, me and Neil, I don't know, was it you, Neil, that you had a uh, Netherlands outright too? Um, yeah, yeah, they're one of, one of my um, sort of yeah. outright picks, yeah. So that was quite funny. It just, uh, just never seemed to die. <laughs> and I thought it's one of those ones where I feel like every time you've gone into penalty shootouts this World Cup and you've had the team that probably didn't deserve to win the game, they seem to always win the penalty shootouts. Like Croatia keep winning penalty shootouts. Um, Morocco also. Um, so I thought, like, you know, Netherlands might have a chance, but they were, uh, yeah, two, two saved, saved penalties from, um, from Martinez, who gave an interesting post match interview. Um, but yeah, anyway. Oh, no, I didn't what, what, what did he say? Oh, I just bagged the shit out of the ref, basically. Um, and it's just like uh, the Argentinians, let me just say, they did not put themselves in the best light after the game or during the game, really, did they? They really, uh, I don't know, I would assume most people will be cheering home the Croatians after the way they, uh, I guess they represented themselves throughout the game and also afterwards. So, um, yeah, anyway, that's just my opinion. Should we? Uh, should we get into it? Argentina. Versus Croatia, first semi-final here. Um, odds are 1.82 for Argentina at the moment. Draw 3.39. Croatia 5.42. Asian handicap 0.5. And the over-under as low as 2.0. Uh, yeah, Argentina, although I was bagging them a little bit, they put in a very dominant performance against the Dutch on the weekend. Thoroughly deserved to go through in the end. After that, uh, yeah, ridiculous last 10 minutes of the game. Yeah, Croatia, on the other hand, consider themselves probably quite lucky once again. Another game where they were lucky to come away with the win. Um, I I looked at this price and I thought I would... I, I've been largely disappointed with Argentina this whole competition. Uh, but I, f- I feel like I feel like this 1.8 on the Argentine, Argentinians is actually not that bad. My issue is, though... The way they, the way they handle the last quarter of the game when they're in the lead, I think they've, 
tactically, I think they've been really poor in that last quarter against Australia, against the Netherlands. They just go full park the bus in the last 15, 20 minutes. And I feel like it just does not, it does not suit them at all. They've conceded three goals in those last, you know, 15, 20 minutes against Australia and Netherlands combined. Australia nearly level with them also in that last gasp opportunity for Mobile. Um, yeah, I think that's why maybe it's at 1.8 because I don't know what you think, Neil, but just that last, those last stages of the game, they seem to really want to defend that lead and sit all the way back. And I just don't think it's Susan. I think they're a great possession-based team. They're better off having the ball rather than sitting back and inviting pressure because every time they do that, like Netherlands getting chance after chance in that last couple of minutes um, and Australia nearly level with them too. I mean, yeah, I feel like they're uh, – yeah, I feel like tactically-wise their coach should be, uh, yeah, trying to maybe keep possession a bit more in that last stage of the game. What do you think? Yeah, it's, Argentina have been a, been a strange one this World Cup. I mean, to be fair, I, I guess I haven't really I haven't watched many of their qualifiers, but just you know, looking back on their results and their form coming into the World Cup was absolutely superb. But from people who have watched them, um, you know, they have said that there were some of those games where they were kind of scraping wins, kind of grinding out results, maybe taking early leads, but again, sitting on them, uh, inviting that pressure. And, um, you know, it was kind of no coincidence against the Dutch, you know, Vegas came on, the as were kind of being a little bit more direct and physical, um, playing some kind of route one stuff. Um, you know, it was kind of causing problems there. You know, um, a lot of people would argue, let's say, Otamendi is not, uh, it was a weak link. I know Paul's not his biggest fan. Uh, but like, uh, again, you know, they, they, they look vulnerable and, and, um, they, they look slow. I think one of the sort of angles in on this game, I think, you know, it will be, Looks like it's going to be set up you know, to be a kind of slow-paced game. I don't think either team are really going to be sort of pressing too hard from the front. They just don't have the players necessarily to do that either. Um, you know, so there's going to be kind of a lot of the ball being knocked around. Um, but yeah, I mean, in regards to the money line, I mean, uh, yeah, 1.82 on Argentina. I wouldn't want to be taking that because again, you know, the, Croatia. I can see them. Um, potentially sneaking it in, in full time or just taking it into extra time. Um, so, you know, again, I'd want to kind of wait and see how the game pans out. It could, they could make it very difficult for Argentina to break them down, but they have that little man, you know, the genius uh, who can unlock yeah. any moment. And I think, uh, you know, maybe that's where they're at. But then look, Croatia at 5.4s, um, considering they've knocked out Brazil, considering, you know, they got to save one, considering they were finalists in 2018, they they played those two games going um, and we you know I think a lot of a lot of people at least I did you know thought that they'd struggle a bit against Brazil um, because they'd be leggy because of the J- Japan game but you know they 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 were able to kind of grind it out so um, you know who knows I, I think it's going to be interesting I, I've kind of avoided um, anything to do with sort of the main markets on here so my players is on passes really I think the centre backs are going to get a lot of joy. Um, in particular, uh, Lovren, I think his line has actually moved a bit now, uh, but you know, even uh, Guardiola is also worth worth looking at um, on overs on his passes. Uh, Otamendi as well. Um, again, I just see there being lots of spells um, where, let's say, Argentina might keep the ball, for, you know, for five minutes. Croatia might keep the ball for five minutes. The game will kind of, 
you know, be hard to watch and kind of um, not a huge amount going on. Um, and, you know, the context, you know, could be quite quite good for that as well. So, you know, Argentina like to keep the ball, Croatia like to keep the ball. Um, and so, yeah, those those would be my particular plays on that. And the other sort of play I feel quite, you know, optimistic on is uh, Lionel Messi to get at least two shots on target. So you can find it on the exchanges. Um, you know, anything above evens, I think, is a good price for him to get three shots on target as well. Um, so I'm kind of kind of laddering his selections. Again, I think he makes a difference. He consistently, you know, gets these. If He may not score. Um, you know, he may he may set up a few for, for others. But, you know, he's consistently kind of hitting the target against the Dutch. I think he had like five players around him at one point. And, um, you know, I don't think any other player on the planet would have even managed to get a shot on target. Somehow he did it. Um, and, you know, there's a good likelihood they may get a penalty as well. And he won't blast it into the stands like Harry Kane. Uh, so, yeah, those would be my plays for, for the game. And then just kind of see how it unfolds. Um, I wouldn't put anyone off just kind of putting a small bet on nil-nil, you know, at the beginning of the game. Um, trading that out on the exchange or just kind of leaving it to run just for a kind of fun bet. If you're going to be watching sort of a miserable um, dire game of football, um, that could be the way to go. Yep. All right. And uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Paul? Yeah, in terms of the game odds, I, de- I definitely agree with Neil. Uh, just just to analyze it a little bit real quick here, uh, a couple closures from Croatia. Um, like Brazil was minus 250 uh, against Croatia. Um, that's probably the best comp you have there. In Croatia, Belgium was 2.39, and uh, on the on the other side, um, our Argentina at 1.8. I mean, I mean, I tend to agree with Neil uh, that that I, I, I tend to see that three quarters of a goal on Croatia. The odds have been pretty static since open, but I tend to see like if I was going to play this game, which I'm probably not going to have anything official on the. Um, on the handicap, but I, I would be with Croatia as well. Probably I'd probably take it like as a uh, plus three quarters there at one point, uh, 1.79, 1.78 at pinnacle or uh, like first half plus a quarter at 1.8. Um, like some people like to play first half draw. It might be a good one for this, this one. If you like to play it that way. Um, just some different options at 1.95. Like I said, I'm not going to play this one, but the, that if I if I was going to play it, that those are the kind of lines that I'd be looking at. Um, like the the first half draw one, obviously, uh, it's over under two, so you're expecting uh, not as many goals. Usually, the first half would have less goals, um, uh, especially if there ends up being like uh, odd number of goals in the second half. Uh, uh, like if there's one goal at any point in the second half, um, so I, I I I think I think the first half draw or like first half Croatia handicap or like Croatia handicap is how I would play it if uh, if I was betting the game. But uh, I, I Neil Neil made a couple good points on uh, the passes. The only the only bet I have out for this game uh, on the props is Brozovic again on the passes. Alex was giving, get, rightly so, giving Neil some nice credit for all his uh, good plays last week. And I, I even, like, we got the liquid markets right. Uh, the, pro- the props didn't go too well for me. Probably the, the first pretty bad day there on the on the stream last time for me. But uh, the one that did hit was Brozovic. 
and I like him again here. Like he hit this first Brazil. I think they had close to 50% possession Croatia. Now that the game state lended itself a little bit to some Croatian possession because Brazil scored first, but it was tied for long enough in the game that uh, I, I think those possession statistics hold some, hold some serious weight. Um, and, and like last, last, last uh, stream, Alex did some good prompting on like uh, if Brazil like was, you know, as much of a possession based team as like people really think. And like Argentina is not as much of one as your perception would uh, dictate, especially under Scaloni. And like last game I had Fernandez pass. That's one of the, that was my best bet that missed um, last week or on the last stream. And uh, the reason it missed is because Scaloni played a three back. And so it just suffocated uh, any space in the middle of the field for uh, that, that first entry pass to the center defensive mid. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know if he jives exactly with like what the style that like their players probably should be playing. Um, like even when they play a four, three, three, it's, it's kind of tentative for me and uh i think the croatians can latch on and get get a good hold of the ball again i just think like they're a little more sound in the dark arts like they might catch a couple fouls from the argentinians and uh just i I think they can hold on to the ball better than people might perceive and so so i like the brazovic passes line again because they look to him first and uh like alvarez is a good pretty good presser but, but, but he tends to press a little higher up and like DePaul is a decent presser, but the other midfielders tends to sit. And so I, I think Brozovic could get a d- d- decent amount of touches here. And I, I'd have the line a couple passes higher. You can get over 70 and a half, and a half passes at uh, the offshores and at the Bovada screen uh, at 1.86. That's the, that's the best price available. And, and bet three, six, five over 71 and a half. I'd take the same line uh, uh, for, for a decent stake at, at one pass higher. Uh, I, I even take the main line up to like 74 probably um, if I had to give you a cutoff. And uh, you could ladder that up at 365 over 81 and a half at 4.33 and over 86 and a half at seven. And uh, yeah, that's that's where I'd go with, uh, with that game. Yeah, interesting to see in the Brazil game, you know, Brazil are like, you know, they keep possession of the ball pretty well that they were actually, uh, they lost to Croatia on possession overall, but in terms of XG and shots on target and shots, they were obliterated, basically. So Croatia shows, one shot on target, didn't they? Yeah, one shot on target the whole game, and uh, Brazil had 11. So it just shows that although they do keep possession of the ball, like you were kind of alluding to, Neil, they're a pretty dire outfit to watch. They're just going to, you know maybe not pass you to death, but, you know, they're just not going to create all that many chances. And uh, the Argentinian defense has, like, largely been very good outside of the last, like, 20 minutes of the game. So, I mean, a play that I was looking at was uh, Argentina to win at halftime, kind of against what you just said, Paul. But just because I I just – I think Argentina are a great side. They just They just – I don't trust them in that last 20 minutes to like sit back and defend their, you know, lead. They had a lead of two goals and they still couldn't defend that against the Netherlands. I know it was like a freakish way to lose or get a draw in the end, but. Um, yeah, I mean. I oh, think like you. Oh, you got Oh, there. sorry. Uh, I was no. saying like, I, I think if, if, if you like, like that, if you like, I just don't like the Argentinian price. Like, I think it's not value. So I wouldn't think like a derivative market of its value per se, but like, 
if you do like that, like if, if you're thinking the Argentina price is value, another way like maybe you could look to play it is playing the over two. Because if you think Argentina is going to score one in the first half, then there almost has to be another goal in the second half when one of the teams comes out. I mean, that's just my like perception on that. So you, you almost like if you think they're going to score in the first half, you almost are guaranteeing a push there at, on, on the over two line. Um, in, in my opinion, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, for, for me, I don't see, see the value in that Argentinian number, but I mean, the market's been pretty static since open. So I guess it would say, you know, the market would say there's probably not much value each way, either way, but yeah, I, I just think largely Croatia have been pretty defensively poor this whole, most of the world, like against Belgium, they, they got, you know, they should have uh, at least conceded probably two goals there. It got a little bit lucky against Brazil. They were largely dominated and should have conceded goals or more goals there. Um, Japan too, they were outplayed. I just kind of think they're riding their luck a little bit. And Argentina have, yeah, they. I mean, it might be like, it might be one of those ones where it takes like a moment of brilliance from Lionel Messi to get them the lead. But I mean, he's just, he's playing so, so well. And I think they'll get a few chances in that first half to put one through. And I think 2.77, I'd be, I think I'm happy to take that, but at least we're getting a, a variation of opinions here on, on what we think. Any, any thoughts on my little halftime play there on Argentina to have the lead, Neil? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, thinking about it, let's say if I was to back Argentina, um, uh, I, I would look maybe more towards, let's say, half-time draw, full-time Argentina, um, you know, to get kind of general results. Just as, you know, again, thinking Croatia can kind of maybe hold them off for the first half, but then, you know, eventually get undone by a moment of magic uh, where you can't... I haven't checked the odds on it. I mean, there's something I've looked at for the, for the France game, but I would imagine it's at least kind of around fours. Um, you know, for that kind of market, but you never know. I always start off, you know, mo- most of the games I have a little cover position on, um, you know, two and a half first half goals, just in case there's sort of a game that just goes mental, um, and then you know try and sort of trade back to cover it later on. So who knows? Maybe this is going to be like a four three thriller, and uh, yeah, and your uh, Argentina halftime bet's going to be a banker. You never know. Just. Just to make one more point, maybe uh, like the the best comp like for this one would probably be the last like ne- that Netherlands Argentina game because the over under is a two. I mean Croatia Netherlands uh, Netherlands is higher rated, but like th- those teams are to me some you know they're not in a totally different stratosphere. You would say yeah. um, in terms of their output, maybe they have different talent levels, different strengths, different weaknesses, things like that, but. I wouldn't put Netherlands in a different stratosphere and that line closed like plus a quarter of a goal for Netherlands yet Croatia's plus three quarters of a goal. Is it, is it that half goal difference? To maybe more, maybe more closer to like plus a half for, for me, maybe on the, on the Croatia. So, so maybe you could squeeze a little value there, but that's, that's just where my, where my angle was coming from. Um, because that game for me would be the best comp that that, that Netherlands game. Um, now I think the Netherlands defense is a little bit more open as well than Croate the Croatian one for me. Um, so that's why I like the over in that game more. Like I'm not playing the over in this game as opposed to that one. But uh, that, that that's kind of the game that I could compare it to best uh, in where where I kind of compared the odds at. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, I yeah. think we've given. 
yeah, lots of lots of different I was just going to say one thing because I know it's, uh, there's, there's a few of the comments that have come through. Seeing as we've only got two games as well, like uh, Hitton mentioned about uh, any other safe bets. So I think he's keen on under two and a half goals uh, and un, uh, under nine corners as well. So maybe you know you could even double that up. I've I've not looked into the corner stats for this game. Um, yeah, but again, you know, there, there's there's potential for it. It might be quite tight. So yeah, I wouldn't put you off maybe putting that in a little double. Yep. All right. Well, let's let's go on to the France Morocco game. I think we've uh, broken that down pretty soundly and given everyone a perspective of yeah how the game might be played. But yeah, I, I just I can't trust Argentina at one point eight two. I just in that last no. those last twenty minutes of games, I just can't trust them to to sit back and hold out a lead. They've continually showed now that they they're not very good at that. So it'd be interesting to see uh, if Scaloni does that once again if he yeah and considering the way cries you can dominate possession it wouldn't surprise me at all but uh let's um let's go to the next one france versus morocco got france at 1.52 the draw at 4.03 morocco 7.8 asian handicap at one goal and over under at 2.25 yeah, Morocco become the first African nation to make it through to a World Cup semi-final with their win over Portugal. The uh, Moroccan wall proving handy once again. The yeah, and France, as we mentioned earlier, part getting past England in a game where they were probably outplayed by England for the most part. Um, but that yeah, they're just that bit more clinical in front of goal. But you could also make the argument that. They gave away two really stupid penalties. They're just two not really needed. I mean, the first one, Saka wasn't even facing the goal and he gets given a pen. And then the second one, people argue whether it's a pen or not, but either way, it was a stupid thing to do because the ball wasn't going anywhere near Mason Mount. It was just going to go over to the goalkeeper. So um, you could make an argument too that England were kind of handed, you know, at least two huge moments to score, which only one was taken by Harry Kane. But I guess uh, I think one of the big things for this game is if uh, if Roman Sice is going to play because uh, especially when you've got a man like Giroud in the team who's going to be a major threat in the box and Morocco are going to be sitting back and Giroud is, you know, a supremely good header of the ball you would get very worried if Roman Sice wasn't playing in this game and you would think there's at least like one goal in this for France. So, um, yeah, we'll start with you this time, Paul. I, I think Roman Sice is still a, a doubt. I don't think it's been ruled out or ruled in any way. But, um, yeah, do you think that the uh, Moroccans can hold out for another game? Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, I, I... I, t- I, I really like the France price here, honestly, um, for this one. So, so probably not for me. I, I don't think the Moroccans can hold it out for another game. Um, and, and like what you mentioned there with Saiz is like a good microcosm, I'd say, of the team. The whole team is probably a, a little hurt and tired. I mean, people were saying that, you know, two rounds ago and then you had last round. And, you know, I, I just I, I just think it's built too much to this point. Now you're playing the best team in the world. And I think we're getting a good opportunity because the market is probably undervalued. And I had said this before, I think I even undervalued them, like in all my calculations and everything, the, Mor- the Moroccan and, and other African sides home field advantage uh, in this tournament, like Tunisia and all, the, all those kind of sides. 
Um, they have a distinct home field advantage in this tournament. But at this point, I think that's priced into the market. And uh, at this point, I think the market has probably overreacted for me. There's some money coming, you know, a tiny bit of money has just come in on France, but these odds are pretty much static since open. Um, but, but I really like the French odds. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to do another, you know, market type comparison here. So um, France, their opposition and their closers in this tournament. So, so they're 1.52, as Alex mentioned, for this game. But their opposition and their closers for this tournament are England at 2.73. They closed 2.73 to beat England. They closed 1.39 to beat Poland. They closed 1.62 to beat Tunisia with their second side they closed they closed one so, so, so think about that they closed 1.62 to be tunisia with their second side here we've got a morocco a 1.52 they closed 1.8 to beat the danes who <clears throat> although the market has probably overrated them they didn't know that at that point so so, so 1.8 against the danes and 1.22 Versus the Aussies. And I know Tunisia aren't the same kind of side as Morocco, but you got to think that's with France's second team. And uh, I just can't see that much difference in the price to 1.52. And you look at the Morocco closures, they closed 1.63 versus Spain and 1.59 versus Portugal and 1.9 versus Belgium. I just think there's more of a gap between France and those teams uh, when you're, when you're comparing these closures. So I, I, I just think, France minus three quarters of a goal at 1.69. If France wins by one, you get a half payout. If France wins by more than one, I'm getting a full payout. If that price is a little bit too skinny for you, I mean, I just think that's major value. I'd take that all the way down to 1.6. Uh, but uh, if, if that's a little skinny for your blood, then, I mean, minus one at 1.94 is is perfectly fine. I'd have a small nibble also at the, at the first half minus three quarters of a goal on France at 2.98. Um, so choose one of the one of the the bigger handicaps and get a you know a, a small to medium stake down and then just a, li- a little toss in the first half as well um, for a little bit less stakes. Uh, but 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 that's I I also have a props play, but that that's kind of how I see the handicap. I really I really see value in France and for the same kind of reasons and, and because like like Alex says maybe Saïs is out, Aguard was out last game. He's probably out again. Uh, doubtful, and then Masrawi was out last game. He might be out again. So you, you take all these pieces, key pieces out of the Moroccan defense, and, and even though they are a solid unit and well coached and all that, like I said, they haven't played a team like for, as clinical as France. You know, you know, the best team in the world. So uh, I, I definitely think that that for the same similar reasons of why the handicap might be value. I think if if you want to get on goals, it might not be the worst thing because if you know if France were to be winning in the game, Morocco have to come out, and that probably secures you at least a push. Um, like I said, my pre- my preferred play and my, my official play is the minus three quarters of a goal, um, but the over two at 1.69, which has been pretty static since open, I wouldn't push anybody off. Yep. All right. Nice, mate. Are you on the same kind of lines as Paul Neal along the uh, the very heavy France lines? Uh, no, I think we'll, yeah, so this, maybe our opinions will kind of diverge a little bit. Um, am I allowed a brief moment to blow my own trumpet? 
so I had to, Morocco uh, to be the best. As long athlete. as you just call yourself the professor at the start and <laughs> yeah, then yeah. follow on. Self self proclaim myself as a professor first. Yeah. Uh, so one one of my uh, yeah so one of my tips was Morocco to be the best African team. Um, so you know, at the beginning of the tournament, they were about four point three three, and part of that was kind of the home field advantage. But I just kind of liked the setup of the team, the new coach, um, and you know, obviously a lot of fortunes kind of played into it as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, I, I, I definitely see what, what what Paul's saying in terms of like how sustainable this is for Morocco to. Again, if you if you watch their games, they have been extremely well organised. They have been very well drilled. Um, you know, let's say in the last 10 minutes against Portugal was nervy, but you know, Portugal never really looked like they were going to get that goal. <sighs> but this France side, you know, they, it's kind of you know, cut above um, in, in quality. You know, they are one of the best out there. Um, you know, any kind of moment they, they can come up with a moment of brilliance. I think pre tournament, there were some maybe question marks over France. Again, I wasn't so keen on them, I think a lot of people weren't. Um, because of their Nations League form and, again, their ability to sort of break down sort of stubborn opponents. But we've seen already, you know, again, playing against you know, the likes of, of Australia and, um, you know, and others that they can do that. And I think that, that England game would have given them a huge lift, I think, to come out of that game, to have won it in 90 minutes, um, you know, kind of going into this. But yeah, it kind of you can't underestimate the 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 effect that this kind of home crowd will have. Um, you know, it will be just a huge amount of Moroccan fans in there. Um, this is the kind of the game of their lives, and I. But it's it's easy to get kind of swept in the narrative. But then you know Greece won Euro two thousand and four, out of absolutely nowhere with a far worse team. You know this Morocco team does have quality. It does have talent. The players playing at top European clubs. Um, so it's not beyond the reams of possibilities. You know, I look at that price, um, and again, if you if you just blindly backed like the the underdogs in every single game in this World Cup, <laughs> you'd have made a fortune. Um, so I, I, again, I'd want to see this in play. But the, uh, one thing I do feel quite strong on probably would be my best bet of uh, of, of this round um, would actually be France on the corners handicap. So you can get the minus three and a half corners line, three six five. It's at one point nine. Um, again, you know, Morocco generally, you know, they, I don't see them, whatever happens in the game, if they grind out a nil-nil, a one-nil, you know, um, I don't see there being a huge amount of goals. I don't see them necessarily camping out in the French half and, and beating them on the corner count. So um, I was quite surprised, you know, looking into the stats for this. You know, if anyone, I'm not going to reel off all of them now, but pretty much um, Morocco have lost that line in every game. Uh, and, you know, the French have, got, uh, have come either exceeded it or you know, come very close to um so so that would be my play i just i think it's it, it's how the game is going to pan out um and uh mbappe to get his two plus sh uh, shots on target as well he had a quiet one against england um you know somehow we kind of kept him at bay but still ended up losing the game uh but you know i expect him again to, to kind of come back into it i think uh with this Algerian roots as well, you know, with the, the being kind of North African rivals, that will kind of spur him on a little bit. You know, might get a bit of stick from the fans and, you know, um, wind up a little bit. But that's that's how I, I would see it. Um, and the other way, let's say, to get France on side would be, sort of, as I mentioned before, so I'd, I'd be taking a small position on uh, half-time, um, half-time draw, full-time France. You know, they'll get it over the line, but kind of Morocco's stubborn defending will kind of see them through at least for the first half. Um, yeah, that's the way I'd, I'd go. Are there any markets on 
ever on, on like uh, someone scoring from a from a header or a cross or something like that. I, I think you can bet on set piece goals. You can get on you? headers, yeah. You can get on headers uh, on the spread firms. You can get headed goal minutes. Um, yeah, not so. I don't think you can bet on someone scoring from a corner, but um, yeah, you, you can get like you know to score from a header market. Yeah, who you, who oh, do you okay. have in mind? Well, I just think, especially if Sice is out and Giroud, I just you know Morocco are going to sit back and just defend the whole game mostly. You would think, and you got someone like Olivier Giroud in there. I mean, Pepe should have had could have had a couple of headed goals to to win the game when Sice was off. Um, Oh, I, I can also see you can get Olivier Giroud to score here at probably around threes or something like that. I think the game's pretty well set up for him. Like, unlike someone like Mbappe, Mbappe is probably not going to be given that much space to, you know, run in behind. You know, not, he's not going to have many opportunities to use his pace and skill to, you know, to get in behind the defense or just even if he gets the ball in the box, he's going to have a thousand people around him. So, you know, I'd be favouring Giroud to score a goal, at least, you know, level kind of terms to to Mbappe, unless, you know, obviously Mbappe's on um, on penalties too. But, um, yeah, I certainly wouldn't steer anyone away from an anytime goal scorer Giroud, but um, especially if Sice is out, I just think, uh, I think we could really be looking at a scenario here, you know, Morocco are knackered. They, they have been broken the last two games. It's been quite funny watching their teams kind of, their players just like, you know, slowly like hobbling off throughout the game and everyone coming on. Uh, yeah, we, we really could be looking at a scenario here if France can get an early goal. Morocco concede plenty of, you know, they've conceded lots of opportunities tournament um yeah I, I really could see it blowing out especially if france getting getting an early goal i really wouldn't steer anyone away from having a little nibble at like you know france winning by three or more goals or two or more goals and that those kind of markets because yeah. i think that's the um, key right because they, they haven't they haven't been in that position yet so even again like no. Spain against portugal we don't really know how they'll react to to having to be in that in that situation. Have they so, been yeah. down a goal yet? I'm just trying to think. I don't think they they've never been behind this whole tournament. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, that obviously says a lot about them as a team, but it also like who know like they could look atrocious when they go a goal down because they're going to have to force it. And if they play yeah. a higher line, and you've got your old mate Mbappe playing the way he's playing, like. It really, like, if I was going to play this, instead of playing, you know, minus one on the French, I would more so be looking at having a little dabble on your minus two and a half and your minus one and a half. Because not only do we, they could be really poor playing from behind, they're also knackered. So <laughs> imagine, you know, tired defenders, you know, trying to chase Mbappe and et cetera, et cetera. So I think if France get an earlyish goal, even if it's like a, a 60th minute goal, a 70th minute goal. I yeah, think so there's a chance that it, it could really blow out. Um, so, yeah, I think I'll probably have a double at that and a Giroud anytime goal score or something like that. But yeah, uh, what about have you, are you? You've already said your bets for this one, Paul. So, have we got any more any more thoughts on this, fellas? Anything else for the the France Morocco game, or are we gonna are we gonna call it for today? I got I got one prop I can give out for the for the game if you want, Alex. Nah, it's all right, mate. We'll just uh, we'll call it there. 
<laughs> there it is, then. That's the night. <laughs> Fire away, mate. Fire away. The people are the people are on the edge of their chairs right now. No, I, the Europeans will have to t- take a bow down here because th- this one's only offshore. It's like, uh, like closer to like one point five or even shorter at most of the other providers. Uh, the ta- the the overall tackles line in this game is set at a massive thirty eight. Over thirty-seven and a half is the main line there. <clears throat> Three six five and uh, Bovada as well. And uh, with the ma- massive tackles line, uh, I- I'm going to get uh, a midfielder on side. Uh, Salem Amala, the standardly age midfielder um, for Morocco. Um, he's got a, he-, he does have a good chance to sub, but. Um, I just I, I like this line so much. All, all the other midfielders are on higher lines, um, yet he's the the one with the most ground duels um, on the Moroc- uh, of the Moroccan midfielders. And if you look at the comps in the other games, um, the, the highest ground duel midfielder for each uh, other other team in the competition in the World Cup has clicked the two plus tackles line, um, and uh, a, a good majority. Like, like an overwhelming majority of all the uh, midfielders and uh, comps for, uh, for, for, for opponents against France have hit this line in the competition. So I, I, I like Salem Amala at two, for two plus tackles at 1.77 at the prop builder offshore. Any of the offshore sites, prop builder, mom and pop PPH is three, three plus. You can ladder for three plus at 1.8 uh, at uh, 2.84. Four plus at five point five and five plus at ten point eight as well, for for some good value. So uh, I, I like Amala, the midfielder there for for at least two tackles, and uh, that, that's my prop for 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 that one. All right, can I add one to that then? Just on the tackles, actually, I totally forgotten I had uh, um, uh, Yusuf and Nezri as well. So so kind of uh, again anticipating that he, he they with Morocco might have to withdraw quite a lot. He's going to not really have much service. He's going to maybe struggle, um, you know, kick his leg out a few times. And he's hit a tackle in his last few games. Um, so literally, just him to get one tackle, you know, you get a one point eight three. Um, if you think he's going to get a couple, you get a big price of four point three three there. Um, you know, again, whether that comes in or not, but you can see a kind of game state. If you see, for example, Ziyech, kind of the defensive work, you know, that he's been putting in in this World Cup, and it's going to be kind of all hands on deck. Uh, so uh, that would also be a kind of small play for me. All right, I love it, fellas. I love it. Let's uh, let's finish up with our best bets. We'll start with you, Neil, mate. What's your favourite one out of all the ones you've given out today? Out of all of them, um, yeah, I, I would say it's the the French corners handicap. Um, unless you know someone can tell me what I've totally missed here. All the data, everything, kind of. Points to domination in that department. You know, we're probably going to get like one corner now after I've said that. But, um, but yeah, that that would be the one I, you know, I feel kind of most uh, you know, strong about out of everything. Yep. And uh, and for you, uh, you Paul. Yeah. Standard disclaimer: I play all the props heavier, but for for a best bet, I'll just do one like liquid market and one smaller market just just for the sake of the show. So I, I do I do like Brozovic the best. For the heaviest stake on the passes, there, that'll be my best bet. Over seventy and a half offshore at one point eight six, and at the Bovada game screen, and you can get over seventy one and a half at Bet three six five. That's my best bet. And then uh, for the liquid market, I'll I'll go ahead and 
do France minus three quarters at 1.69 or France minus one at 1.94. However you want to play that, that'll be the best liquid market bet for me. Yeah, good stuff. And I just I just noticed um, you can get France minus three and a half corners at evens at Pinnacle, Neil, by the way. Even better, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Maybe it, well now I'm maybe a little bit concerned. I've missed something <laughs> from my research. Oh mate, the limits the are fucking. The limits yeah. are fucking. Well, that's mean, why. <laughs> I mean, I'd take. I would take it down to you know, let's say one point seven five. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that sounds a great price to me. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go the speculator. I'm gonna go France minus minus. Uh, I'm gonna go minus two for France. <sighs> At um, I think you can get. I think I just saw fours or something. They're four point seven at Pinnacle minus minus two Asian handicap. So uh, yeah. I mean that's uh, that's a big price, like you say. If they get the first goal, you know, in the first twenty minutes or something, that game gets blown wide open. Yeah. Yeah. Like and it. um, and you can get seventy three thousand Australian dollars on that at Pinnacle of the great Australian dollars. So thank me later. Well, for those who are going <laughs> to go, <laughs> we'll be in the next podcast from uh, from a yacht somewhere in the Caribbean. Anchor, <laughs> get the mortgages down. If I if I place that bet in at one, mate, I'd fly straight over to you, Neil, and say good day, mate. <laughs> That's what I'd spend my money on. <laughs> All right, we will be back Thursday. All three of us for the uh, for the final preview and also. We'll have a look at the third place preview too, which will be uh, I don't know I don't know how you preview a third place game. I feel like it's a really weird game to to, to preview. I, I can't remember whether teams take that too seriously or not. But um, yeah, yeah. actually, a few angles there. Yeah, absolutely for people. Yeah, that's probably yeah one of those games where it's a bit of a you know it's it's an anomaly and you can kind of yeah think of random things it's not, it's not your normal kind of game so there's probably some great betting angles in that so we'll look forward to that on uh, on thursday night and obviously previewing the big final uh which uh yeah imagine if it was croatia versus morocco it'd just be unbelievable uh it would uh, i saw something uh someone tweeted like imagine like Someone telling you when you were watching Croatia versus Morocco in the group stage that this was this was gonna be this is like the the game between heavyweights the nil nil. <laughs> Modric might win the bat. Yeah, they'd win on penalties, and Modric might win the Ballon d'Or again if that happened. <laughs> it would also yeah. be my worst nightmare because I had a position on then to not be a first time winner. Uh, I had a couple of points in that at the beginning of the World Cup, but like quite short odds, so that would be very annoying. Oh, jeez. All right, well, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, you can find uh, these fellas on Twitter. You can find Paul at, at Fainting the Line and Neil at My Better Life and myself at AlexFeller underscore. Thanks for listening, everyone. As I said, we will be back on Thursday night. But in the meantime, please do a quick rate and review of the podcast. Give us a like if you're on YouTube right now. It helps us out a lot. And if you are looking to implement some of the strategies we talked about today on the podcast, start a free week trial of TradeMate Sports and start your value betting journey. Gents, I will see you on Thursday night. Enjoy the games. Yeah, good night, lads. Thanks, everyone, for watching. 